welcome to another episode of the Sure Skills Learn to Grow podcast. My name is Simon Bean. I am the host. My guest this time around is Erica Ullman, who is the Director of Learning and Development at Virgin Media Ireland. Erica is one of the most conscientious L&D leaders that I've met, and she's doing incredible work, not just providing learning opportunities, but opening people's eyes to their identities as learners, which I think is incredibly admirable. In our talk, we discuss Erica's holistic approach to learning and development, we discuss the importance of awareness as the first step in intentional learning and the evolving role of learning advocates. I hope you enjoy this one. Here is Erica Ullman. Erica, thank you so much for taking the time to join me on the Learn to Grow podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much, Simon, for having me. I'm so pleased to be here today. Thank you. So you're at Virgin Media Ireland, and your primary role, it seems, is to align learning with the strategic vision of the company. What does that look like on a daily basis? And (laughs) what are some of the challenges that you face as you go about doing that? Absolutely. So look, um, I think we have uh, here a great company. Things move fast here. We need to be always, you know, adapting to any kind of change we have, but it doesn't change the fact that we have a strategy. And obviously, you know, when you look after the learning and development uh, team and department, your job is to make sure that you're giving people in the company the opportunities, the tools to learn so that they can actually deliver, you know, the goals that we have as a company. So on a daily basis, to answer your question, well, it looks very busy. (laughs) And on some days it can be challenging, but I suppose it's no different from any other job. So usually what we try to do is really um, engage as much as we can with the different stakeholders in the business. What I've learned is that Um, You know, you can have a strategy, a company strategy, and then you have a few pillars that you want to work on and then L&D will support that. And that's great. But it doesn't mean it's addressing the individuality of the learners or even some of the teams. So you could have really big, big, big topic uh, for, for one team, but that is something that another division will not tackle at all. So in terms of learning what it means and what it means for, for L&D is really having a look at the more granular things happening in the world of my learners. So if, if they are engineers working, you know, on the road, um, then they might need some stuff to learn, whereas maybe the people we have in our contact center need something completely different, or maybe they need a simplified version of it. So it's very much around making sure that we know exactly what's happening in the business, which obviously, you know, with COVID and not being in the office anymore is maybe not as easy as it used to be. Because, you know, when you have those water cooler moments and you're always oh, struggling with this, we're struggling with that, you, you can catch up on that kind of things. But it's a bit more difficult when you are at home and behind a screen. So I found, um, you know, I love my job and love doing what I do, but I've noticed this year more particularly that um, I can do it well if I'm really well connected to to the people in my business. That, that's really a big, big part of my job. Um, the tasks, the meetings, etc. Yeah, you do that. That's part of your job. But I've realized um, every day this year, probably even more so than last year, that actually I'm not good at doing what I want to do if I don't know what's happening, you know, really on the ground. Really, really important. Yeah, it sounds like you rely heavily on being connected to people and, and yeah. having those kind of human touch points. And that's obviously more challenging given that we're we're more remote. Uh, and then there are also 
probably opportunities to to reach people that we probably haven't had before. There are opportunities that that are created actually because of that. So I suppose, and um, there are some uh, you know new ways of working that have been implemented since last year, which have also created new ways of learning. And this is something that we have worked on since last year. For example, as soon as we identified, okay, those new ways of working are here to stay kind of, um, even though we didn't know back then how long they would stay, uh, we also realized very quickly, well, that's the new ways of working means new ways of connecting, uh, means new ways of learning, means new ways of leading. So we did a lot also in that area because when it came to, uh, you know, looking after your team as a leader, what do you do? What do you do differently? So, you know, we try to uh, create a lot of um webinars around that as well. Now, I'm not saying that a webinar is the solution for everything. There are obviously many other ways to learn, but um, just at least raising awareness that maybe moving from the environment we were in to the environment we were then last year and this year means that we have to look after our teams in a different way. So I think the opportunities came with that. Obviously, sometimes those opportunities were challenges as well, but that's no different, you know, if you are in the office or not, the challenges are, are there no matter what. But yeah, I agree absolutely to summarize the connection and making sure we stay connected has been key to, to what we do in LND, especially those last two years, more than ever. It sounds like you take a more holistic approach to learning then that, uh, that considers kind of the whole person and also their role within a culture. So your job then is to facilitate a healthy culture within the organization. And you've you've said that you have learners in your program and, and you've referred to them as my learners, right? And you have a responsibility to those people. Is that accurate that, that you, you see them as part of a, a bigger picture kind of cultural piece? If, if you think about learning and learning and development, right? We're talking about personal development. We basically want to help people people get better at what they do on a daily basis in their jobs so that they can grow, have a better career, be happy, and therefore be engaged employee. That's what we want. And therefore will be a successful business. First of all, my learners, as I call them, are happy learners. So if what they need to be happy at work is have, I don't know, um, is to learn about how to be better at um, dealing with the stress in their team, then so be it. Is it a skill? Do we want to call it a skill? Yeah, we can. Okay, that's fine. But I really feel like we are tackling personal growth and learning and development because we want to be you know, better performers or we want to have better performers. And, and I don't think we can do that if we don't look at how people behave, you know, with each other as a group, uh, within peers, um, how they trust each other. So, so the whole culture PCS is truly very important to me as part of what we're doing in LND. And I hope I'm helping them when I, whenever I tackle subjects like this as well. It's interesting too, you're mentioning these kind of uniquely human skills like communication and collaboration, right? And I'm using the word skills again. It's the only one I have. But. <laughs> so abilities, capabilities. Uh, so, but, but these kind of uniquely human things that we bring to the table that are not automatable, right? Yes. These are the things on every employer's lists, checklists, right? That This is what people are hiring for. These are the things that are most in demand. What I think is interesting is just because they're uniquely human, it doesn't mean we're inherently good at them. <laughs> Sadly not. <laughs> we we have to work to get better at communication, at at being a part of a functional team and 
you know, expressing your opinions and, and respecting the opinions of others, all these different things that we have to get better at. And to do that, we have to practice deliberately, right? And we have to take the approach that with those skills and those traits that, that we would with any other piece of learning. That's probably one of the biggest challenges when you work in, you know, in L&D, generally speaking. Because if we were talking about, you know, pure skills, it's relatively easy. You know, you measure yeah. something, you train people, you make them practice and so on. So when it comes to that, I think we're trying to do a few things. And to be honest, we're trying to do them right now and more or less all at the same time. So we're implementing... Um, things around creating a culture of feedback. So we're just starting with that. Actually, it's starting next year officially. So trying to, to, to work on that. So I'm not saying that from one day to another, we're going to be amazing at requesting feedback and sharing it. But we're doing a first step in that direction by really encouraging people to provide feedback in, let's say, you know, using a 360 feedback tool, a bit more of an official way to do things with the hope that it becomes a bit of a habit and people do it more on a regular basis, etc. So feedback, I think, is really, really important for that. Otherwise, you know, how do you know if you're even good or not good at something? So that's one thing. The second thing we're doing, and this is coming again at the same time, is we're going to focus a lot on our behavior. So like most companies, we have a mission, we have a purpose, we have some values. And what we're trying to do is show that actually our values in action are the way we behave on a daily basis you know so um if i want to be better at what i do i need to learn about this i need to learn about that but how do i actually behave as a human being how do i come across etc so we're going to do a lot a lot around that help people understand our behavioral framework uh, help people uh, lead their team using that framework etc so that is another one. Now, one of the things I've tried to do as well, maybe I've been successful in some cases and some others, is I've noticed that a lot of people are struggling with learning and becoming better, you know, better version of themselves because they're not very much self-aware. I don't know if this is something you've encountered previously, but it sounds, it feels to me like whenever I had those conversations uh, with my, you know, uh, stakeholders, is very often their team struggle because they don't even know much about themselves. So what we try to do as well is encourage um, people, leaders to have conversations with their direct reports. Obviously, you know, you have your uh, conversation at the beginning of the year where you discuss the goals for the year, but make sure we're asking them to make sure they discuss as well. Where are you today? Where do you want to go? What do you want to be good at? What do you need to learn to get there? And so on. So really reflecting not only on, you know, what we need to do before the end of the year, how we're going to do it, but where are we starting from? It's, it's, it's a huge topic, obviously, self-awareness. But to me, it's the basis of learning. It, it bookends any healthy learning practice. You and I had talked earlier about uh, intentional learning and deliberate yes. practice. You, you can't practice intentionally or deliberately without <laughs> awareness. No, right? you can't. It's, it's the absolutely necessary first step. Right. You need to know the skills you have, the skills you want. You need to know yes. the career you have, the career you want. Right. The, and, and I think the best learning organizations are, like you said, providing paths to uh, healthy career progress internally, as opposed to just looking externally for new hires and, and giving people the chance to, to grow within their roles and grow into other roles in, in organizations. Reflection and, and awareness are absolutely critical if you want to learn anything right? <laughs> Absolutely. But you'd be surprised. Uh, I don't know, like we're talking about work, obviously, but 
probably as an individual like me, you've noticed as well, like in your private life, you take a new hobby, you take on a new hobby. I mean, how are you going to get better at it? You're only going to get better at it if you practice, but you need mm -hmm. to know what you need to practice, right? Otherwise, mm -hmm. you're not going to acquire, you know, whatever, if you're running and go faster and whatever. So so it's really, and, and it's surprising to me um, that so many of us don't realize that, that, that really without that self-awareness piece and the willing to self-realize, learning is not going to be your priority and therefore growth is not going to happen and so on and so on. And it's such a, I mean, obviously it's a very, very big topic, but I found it difficult sometimes to make people realize that. And I wonder if it is because we are all so busy, you know, we all have our head into our outlook and my calendar and my schedule and meeting after meeting. Is it because we're too much, you know, in the rat race, basically, that we don't step back and realize, oh, yeah, if I want to get better at this, like you said, if I want to get better at communicating, well, maybe I should learn from this person because he's great at it, for example. And then the intentional learning piece come and you're going to, I don't know, job shadow this person, try to spend more time with that person, et cetera, et cetera. I wonder really why as a human being, while we know that to survive as a race, we need to learn and we need to evolve, how comes that we don't uh, realize that on a daily basis or don't keep it in our mind on a daily basis? Uh, it's really hard for me to to understand why we're not better at it. I'm thinking about your role then in the organization and so and some of the things and initiatives you're trying to drive forward. You strike me as what I would call a cultural catalyst, right? You are somebody who will show up at somebody's desk or, or on a Zoom call and say, hey, look, what, what are you into? What are you learning? What did you read lately? You know, what book, what article? And I felt it just off air when we were chatting before the call. There's a sense that you and I have shared passions and interests. And that gets us both fired up to have that human touch and human connection and feel like this person gets me and is into the things I'm into and has shared things that have gotten me fired up. And I now, in turn, I'm going back with things that to me is incredibly healthy and that's where learning can really happen in an organic way but i i, I look i love what you're saying obviously <laughs> we are you know we're preaching the same evangelion there but um i found it difficult though as an lnd professional i mean difficult no not difficult it's not the right word a bit challenging yeah. at times because at times i wonder but what is my job about what is yeah. my job really about today? Because I know that it's very different from what I used to do a few years ago when I was already working in the L&D department. And it's not because the different the company was different, the industry was different, my role was different. It's just it seems to me that um, when I try to help people with their learning, they give me the feeling that what I help them with is not necessarily buying a new tool or delivering a new training. I, I do feel that those conversations that we're having a bit like you and I, or I'm presenting something to their team and there is a follow-up Q&A, it often feels like they are so, they have such a big appetite for that more than mm -hmm. anything else. Maybe because it happens on an ad hoc basis, maybe because they are more involved in it and they can choose the question and the topic, etc. But yes, I agree with you. It's it's a it's a different way of 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 learning and it doesn't feel to me like we can call it training anymore unless this is a pure, you know, technical training, etc. And at times I really um look at my job and I'm like Am I doing well? And I wonder because what I'm doing there is not measurable. How can I measure if the impact of the conversations I have is what you described? Hopefully it is. 
hopefully it is. And I've inspired maybe two leaders who have inspired two full teams who have, you know, shared knowledge with some of us. Brilliant. But it's it's impossible to measure. It's it's so very different from the way we use to 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 share learning in a bit of a teaching way in the past. You know what I mean? A hundred percent. Think about the difference between what you're talking about and what you explained earlier. So learning used to be, you know, you'd send me a an invitation to show up at room two at 10 a.m. <laughs> and to be part of a training. Coffee would be provided. And I think what you're doing now is helping people recognize that they are learners with that first yes. step of awareness, right? And And if you can help people do that, then instead of them responding and and kind of in an obligatory fashion showing up at room two at 10 a.m they are seeking out their own learning yes and and thinking man you know i'm a data analyst i'd love to be a data scientist i wonder if there are learning paths here for me to go and explore that that has the chance then to to really impact somebody's life right that's a bit and, and it is hard to measure it is that's also very powerful. <laughs> it is. I think one of the first things I shared with my company last year when I joined there, they were really kind of, they kind of organized a mini interview for me to, you know, to present myself to the business and the different stakeholders. And and obviously the subject of learning was one of the questions, right? And And I think to me, and I shared it then, and it's something that is you can learn about learning. You can become a, bit, a better learner. It's, it's learning is not, oh, I'm good at learning. Brilliant, that's it. You know, that's not the way it is. And um, it's something I always try to remind people is, yeah, maybe you're struggling today and that's fine. But you're not struggling because you don't have the knowledge. Maybe you're struggling because you're not even aware of the knowledge you should have to do your job. So going back to the self-awareness piece, if you know where you are today, if you know where you want to go, then it will be much easier to know what you have to learn, how you have to learn, etc. But to me, the most important aspect of learning is that learning is something that you can learn to do and you become better at learning the more you learn. And that really changes the whole way we tackle things on a daily basis if we bear that in mind. Because again, going back to what you said and mentioning intentional learning, intentional learning is is what is is not as complicated as it sounds. It's seeing an opportunity to learn things in everything I do. That's that's basically what it is in a nutshell, right? So if I attend a meeting and um, my goal is to just, you know, exit the meeting, take what I have to do, do my to-do list, and then move on to the next meeting, I don't think I have the learning mindset we're talking about. What I have is, yes, I'm, you know, executing, and that's fine. We need to execute as well. I'm not saying we should stop working and just learn. But hopefully during that meeting, there will be things said, uh, behaviors from people you will observe that will teach you something. But again, they, you will be taught if you are open to learning in that moment. So that's the whole intentional learning. And I love incidental learning as well. Brilliant if I learn something, you know, when I don't expect to learn. But maybe, yeah, the difficulty we have nowadays with the way we're working, the way we're living is that making learning intentional is, is it's not that we don't want to do it. It's just probably at the bottom of our priority list, unfortunately. Yeah. And it's also you tell somebody, hey, you know what I think you need to do? You need to learn to be a better learner. <laughs> right. Their head will explode. Right. Because it's yes. like, what does that even mean? It's a phrase that unfolds onto itself. Right. <laughs> You know, learning is invigorating. It's so enriching and it, it gets you 
so fired up and you feel alive and we are inherently curious. We want to explore and grow. And if you can open people's eyes to the you know learning opportunities or the fact that you have an identity as a learner and that you can grow and evolve, the more you learn, the more you get better at learning, right? It's always a, a double barrel thing where you're learning the thing you're learning and you're also learning the process of learning as you're learning it, right? <laughs> But it's it's hard to demystify these things yes. and, and invite people into this world sometimes, isn't it? Yes, it is. It's really hard. And look, I'm sure when you and I are going to listen to this, maybe before other, other people do it, we're going to be like, are they going to even understand what we're trying to say? Because we're saying <laughs> learning and learning and learning again in the same sentence, but meaning different things. Uh, because yeah. it is really complex. But again, it's... I think when it comes to learning and wanting to grow and wanting, you know, to have that personal growth, generally speaking, in life or at work, it's it's all about, um, well, know where you are today, probably set a learning goal or goal and really have the desire to get there. And I suppose once you have that, you have those three things in place. It's easy enough to easy enough. I'm not saying it's super easy, but I mean, you have then the means to build a learning plan or a strategy or organize yourself so that you have. And again, going back to the example of a hobby, because I do find that whenever we're motivated to do something, we always find the time to learn right? Mm -hmm. But you have to be mm -hmm. motivated enough. And that's why I very often use the analogy of a hobby because we take hobbies because they're fun or we think they're going to be fun. Nobody forces us, right? Uh, I mean, normally not. Um, and, and I found that if you compare what you do at work in terms of learning to what you do when you want to learn a new hobby, it's actually easy enough to understand what you have to do. What you have to do is know where you want to go, how good you want to become, in what area you want to become that person or that excellent athlete or whatever it may be. And then you just build a plan. And it's the same. The difference maybe at work is that the plan we're building is going to be around, today I want to learn about being a better communicator. I'm going to observe people in my meetings and I'm going to take strategies from them. I'm going to take phrases from them or whatever it may be. Tomorrow, I want to be better at organizing my work. I'm going to have a meeting with the project management office and I'm going to learn from them. How do they do it? How do they tackle project so that they stay organized and so on and so on but again we have to want to do it i think the deep desire plays a huge role as well there and um and that changes the way you are as a learner i suppose your sense of responsibility and your commitment to the the people you serve within your organization your learners uh is palpable and uh, they're very lucky to have you uh, thinking about these things and and inspiring them and and I just really appreciate you coming on the show and and inspiring me and uh, and hanging out for for some time to chat. Thank you, Simon. I wonder if you were the one inspiring me. Maybe I'm not so sure, but thank you. In all cases, I really appreciate your kind words, and I really hope that you know even the small things I do, I'm able to I'm able to maybe help a few people in the business, be it by you know providing the tools and the opportunities I provide, or by having conversation with them. At the end of the day, it, it, it's it's really all about providing a service and a platform to help them more than anything else. So thank you. I really appreciate your kind words and, and your time, Simon, today. Absolutely. Well, listen, best of luck uh, in the upcoming holiday period. I hope you get some time to rest and recuperate and, and you know, find that headspace. And, uh, <laughs> All learning. And we, will, <laughs> we will be in touch in the new year. We will, Simon. Thank you so much. I, I wish you the best as well. Fantastic. Thanks, Erica. All the best. All the best, Simon. Bye.
Thank you so much to Erica for joining me and for the great work that you're doing for all of the learners at Virgin Media Ireland. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. As usual, I will add any links that are necessary into the show notes, so check those out. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen. Take care and all the best.